position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which everyone, total meritocracy, everyone, regardless of size, amount of money, regardless of amount of developers, and prospective sales, if you have a game, and it is good, then get time and it will be my That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know, uh, join us on Steam, and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news, we have the latest titles that we are interested in, of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews, and then we have, of course, everyone's favorite, the deals, uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the next game on, bitches! Hello, and welcome to episode number 399 of the Best Linux Games Podcast. Oh yeah, brother. Being recorded for you on this Sunday, Father's Day weekend, June the 19th of 2022 at 17... uh, at 5.40pm, left coast, Pacific coast, coast with the most. Crack Engineer! Ivor Molina over there in the booth. Ivor Molina, who did None of the research that I asked him to do this week. I know, it was a hectic week, wasn't it, Ivor? Yeah. You were chained to that wall. Mm. Masturbating slowly with your zombie, your tiny little decrepit zombie fucking mind. You are fired, Ivor! You are fucking fired. Uh, we have a, hopefully a short show. We'll be here till Christmas, won't we, Ivor? Every time we say that we're here for a short show, we're here till Christmas, aren't we, Ivor? Oh, we'll get the case, Gregor. We'll get the fucking case. You might be like your career. I think it's fucked, but let's make sure. Oh, oh yeah, it's fucked. Um, but we do have a, a good show for you this week, uh, as opposed to most weeks. Um, so straight to our Father's Day weekend. Um, 
Missy Pops. I uh, hope everyone is having as good a time as possible considering that the world is, you know, collapsing around us and we're all gonna die. Which is kind of the theme for this week's episode because our feature this week yeah. Oh, that would of course make it for our sequel friends. 2022 1792 or whatever. Um, our, so yeah, the world's collapsing around our fucking ears and eyes. Fucking, I'll tell you a funny fact about uh, life here in Vegas uh, right now. The last time the American West has had a drought this bad was 1200 years ago. It was the time of Charlemagne. It's basically like fucking right when the default Crusader Kings 3 game starts. Like, you know, the fucking birth of uh, well, at least map-wise the birth of fucking post-Roman Empire uh, Europe as we know it, you know, I mean, it's fucking crazy, and it is hot as shit, and I can't remember the last time it rained. I mean, at all. It is just devastating. So yeah, the world's collapsing around our ears, but this week, I bring to you good news on several different levels. We were originally going to do a feature about touching developer um, letters to uh, fans, because two of them came out this week, but we'll talk about them next week. We're going to do, uh, we were going to do, um, instruments, instruments of destruction and, um, Nightmare Reaper, the developers of both of which issued really, really thoughtful and excellent, um, letters to their fans about, you know, the current state of their development and stuff, which is one of the nice things about video games as Steam has reshaped them over the last 10 years. As Steam is, sl- you know, not slowly, it- it's actually been very quickly, but it has taken 10 years, so it does seem like, you know, progress doesn't happen as fast as we would like it, but uh, Steam has reshaped the entire way we think about video games, especially from a developer's perspective. We'll talk about that next week. But as the world collapses around our fucking ears and every fucking day there's another goddamn mass shooting, it's fucking great. Come to America. Come to America. Oh my god. We're arming our teachers. That's a good idea. Anyway, Jesus Christ. It's the end of the fucking world out there is what I'm trying to say. So I'm trying to trying to drill into your fucking tiny little brains, motherfuckers. It's the end. I am the fucking shore patrol. Oh, you take your hand off that horse cock, motherfucker. I was in here a couple of weeks. (laughs) I am a badass. So anyway, moving on. So the world is collapsing around our ears. And so I want to get, and you know, fucking inflation is not really that bad, but gas prices are really brutal, especially if you have to commute, and if you live in Vegas, we have no fucking mass transportation system, because we are all about yeah, anything other than that. Um, you know, Lake Mead's drying up, fucking corpses are floating to the surface, uh, <laughs> it's fucking madness. We're all gonna die, 
and uh, etc. So I thought that it would be nice to combat this. If you're like me, you're you're starting to feel this stress. Um, you know, fucking former president tried to overthrow our country. First time in history we had an attempted coup. It's beginning to look a lot like we're all gonna fucking die. So I thought on two different levels I'd like to combat this this week. Our feature this week is our Survivors Showdown Showcase. Four will enter. One will leave the champion of the Survivor games. And we're gonna talk a little bit about why this why this why this style of game has such a in some bizarre corners and circles of the universe. Although a circle doesn't have any corners, so it depends on how what 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 resolution you're looking at your fractal with uh, there. Um, <laughs> I we're never gonna make it out of this show, are we? We'll be here till Christmas. You're fired. Um, and so yeah, uh, we might as well just get straight to that because we're not gonna do the other two things. So I were based on with the feature. Our Survivors Showdown Spectacular. What do you think? Oh my god, it's the Libyans. The Libyans! Never gonna let you down. I can read your mind. This week's feature. I can't read you. I can't read you. I can read your mind. Take it, Scooky. The Alright. Our Survivor's Showdown Spectacular. Showdown Showcase. I don't know what we're going to call it. Survivor's Showdown Showcase Spectacular. Four will enter. And we will see who wins at the end, at the conclusion of this stunning episode, which hopefully better be fucking done in the next goddamn 20 minutes. But first, I want to start with some notes about what a Survivor's game is and what it means, at least in this context of this episode and this showcase. I... Well, actually, that's one of the nice things about keeping Ivor around is anytime I'm about to say, I made a mistake, I can just say, Ivor, you're fired! Ivor was supposed to fucking research the origins of Vampire Survivors, which is our first game in our showcase here. Because I, until Vampire Survivors, I don't think I'd ever really played a game exactly like Vampire Survivors. Um, and it spawned a whole litter of clones in all manner of shapes and forms. Blah. But basically, at the end of the day, what we're talking about, generally, is a top-down, roguelike game in which you are assaulted by endless hordes of enemies that progressively get more difficult um which drop experience points in form of gems or dots or whatever the fuck you know you want to think of them as that uh fill a meter that allows you to select from a limited selection of you know one to five ish um upgrades that when combined in certain ways have various different synergistic powerful effects but also which 
confer upon you the ability to get more of the sweet, 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 sweet experience points and or money stuff that you can spend later outside after the run is ended on uh, permanent upgrades that last for all your runs. Now, I have to say that lots of people have mentioned to me, like, man, you played a lot of fucking vampire survivors. Don't you know that that makes you nasty trash and, like, you're supposed to be a game critic and stuff? I love vampire survivors! We'll talk about the game that game specifically in a moment, but I started doing some thinking about it this morning when I was at the bar. Uh, hoping that Caroline would talk to me, which she did for a brief, shining moment. More whiskey! Oh, I forgot! Ivor's holding up the whiskey st- Oh, man. Man, Ivor, your, your nose fell off. He's pressed against the glass. It's stuck to the glass. He's not stuck to the glass, but his nose is. Oh, man. You're fucking fired, Ivor. Cheers. So I reject the entire proposition that this recent spate and fad whether it's been driven by vampires we're completely ignorant of the history here we're just as ignorant we're probably more ignorant of it than you so why should you continue listening well because we play the games we play the games why so I was doing some thinking about you know what I because I reject the notion that these games I hate that word overused by politicians. I reject the idea that these this recent spate of Survivor games are all nasty, trashy, empty calorie bullshit. All video games are nasty, trashy, empty calorie bullshit at a certain level. Some of them some of them uh, have stories that, you know elevate in a lot of ways the base material, but even Galaga which has only one it's like the whole story is in one fucking plot point they're gonna kill the world, you're going to die (laughs) kill everybody (laughs) and you're it that's it, it's just you (laughs) there you go it's like almost like a haiku well it's like there's like three semicolons in there but whatever and it's not the right amount of syllables but even that, like, you know, because like part of video games have, have, have always been interacting with our youngest side of our imagination. Even as an adult, I find myself constantly, you know, <laughs> it's, it's such a, it's a great escape. Um, but ultimately it comes down to the gameplay mechanics themselves. It's not the graphics, it's not the story, it's not the voice acting, it's not even, you know, all of these things can make a great game better, and it takes all of them combined to make, um, but it does not, I'm sorry, it does not take all of those individual aspects combined to make a truly great game. Because ultimately, what is a game? A game is a form of escape. It's a form of interactive time-wasting that, for me at least, and I think probably for most of our listeners, really interacts with our subconscious minds in um, 
in a deeply engaging way that really takes us away from the horror of the daily life that surrounds us, which is ironic in the form of Survivor games because you are constantly overwhelmed in these games. But anyway, so here are some of my thoughts just about the Survivor game genre, which I know nothing about. Thank you, Ivor, for doing the fucking research. You're, You're fired. So, these games remind me most of all of the time I spent uh, on uh, you know, I built everything on IHC. I didn't, I'm not talking about the physical structures, I'm talking about like all the game logic. Except for the, you know, stuff that was in there from core Minecraft, you know, I mean, it was I as a craft. And I extended it, and one of my favorite things, and one of the things that was most beloved by most of our players were all of the weapons that I designed. I mean, I, I literally literally I design somewhere between fucking five to eight dozen fucking weapons uh, about 70 of which were like cannon no pun intended um, and in the process of designing these guys I was using only the most like primitive objects like generally like snowballs were our projectiles because they were easiest um, but there were others, like, I mean, we had a fucking nuclear football, which almost would kill the server if we were at, like, a, th- we ran a 3,000 slot Minecraft server about two and a half years before that was fucking fashionable or considered to be feasible. Um, but I won't talk too much about IHC. I will talk about the weapons, though, because I designed these weapons using, like, only the most only the most primitive objects and then everything, so like graphically they weren't anything, you couldn't ever see them in your hands, but the way that they behaved and the damage characteristics the velocity, the um, accuracy characteristics their reload characteristics, their fire rate characteristics, their physics characteristics, their uh, block damage characteristics their um, all I mean we're talking like literally 70 different fucking categories of just and all we're talking about is like a snowball well when you fire 800 of them and they do 50 damage and they're like a laser beam they become like a laser beam so you call that a laser beam they're still snowballs but they will kill you like a laser beam no custom sounds nothing like that everything was done at man to this day I still hate YAML Fuck you, Yamel. Yamel's the stupidest goddamn... Never mind. Mm. It's funny. It's taken me this fucking long. Almost goddamn ten years of doing this fucking podcast before I ever almost got into, just now, with you and myself, a syntax war over fucking which... Never mind. We won't even go there. But anyway, so I'm you know manipulating these snowballs, generally. Of course, the nuclear football, the nuclear, the tactical nuke is what it was called, it was a briefcase nuclear bomb, which would almost always kill you. Because you had 60 seconds to get away from it, and you had to be running the second you planted it. Like, you had to plant it fucking, it took like a fucking five second thing to enter, you know, quote unquote, enter the codes. It was a fucking theater of the imagination thing, but it was devastating. And it almost always, almost crashed the server because the 
after effects. It wasn't the, the detonation of it, because, I mean, we blew up, you know, world edit TNT balls that were, like, fucking 100,000 units of TNT wide. Fuck, we did... When we got our real server, which is when I really launched IHC, we did one that... The inauguration was a million fuck, And I completely crashed the server. But... Uh, <laughs> oh, I miss those days. Um, but anyway, so... So you have to exploit combinations of, like, physical properties, raw physical properties that are editable. Um... And the attributes create like a a simulation of any sort of like all manner devastating fucking weapons. Like I, you know, nuclear football. I had a Kimbo five sevens. Um, I had uh, all manner of HMGs, LMGs, uh, SMGs, Akimbo SMGs. Uh, one of my favorite weapons was th- that actually Joe Baca thirteen really liked was uh, Thor's hammer. Which was like the ultimate smite mode. Um, it would just—I <laughs> mean—and we also had enchanted armor that was re-enchantable. So, and all of these things worked with an integrated economy across fifteen different, literally fifteen different game modes and worlds. So, if you weren't into PvP, you didn't have to, you know, blah. But like, if you wanted to use this shit in PvP or in the mob arena or whatever, you couldn't use. Certain things in the mob arena. No tactical nukes in the mob arena. It would, it would just strip them from your inventory. All this shit required a lot of fucking thought. And had an integrated economy that worked across all the worlds. And so that meant, like, you know, I, you had to figure out what combination of items for a recipe would make what gun. And then you also had to figure out what combination of items for a gun would make the ammo for that gun. And you had to you know, because, like, you don't want to blow up the economy with your fucking arms trade. Anyway, but, like, Thor's hammer literally was, like, smite times a thousand, and it would kill everyone who wasn't on your team or who was not you. It's like, fucking 300 blocks square around you. Everything would die. Lightning would just fucking pour from the sky doing like a thousand times damage of smite but because we had re-enchantments if you had unbelievable armor you could survive and I also tweaked it so that it wouldn't hit you if you were undercover if you were in a structure because we also had Zombocom our fucking fully destructible zombie city with over literally you could be chased by fucking on screen 2,000 zombies on screen with your friends as you grappling hook across. But you had to bring your own shit. And so I made the most devastating weapons, not only very difficult to make, but uh, very difficult to make the ammo for, which helped increase the price across the market economy for all the elements required to build those things. And Thus, that meant that people weren't just running around fucking launching tack, you know, placing suitcases, tactical nukes everywhere, etc., etc., etc. But, um, all manner of devastating effects, and they all had drastic trade offs, like the Akimbo 5.7s, which don't look like anything. It just looks like you're shooting two snowballs at once, but at simultaneously and with varying degrees of accuracy, but 
with a very specific type of accuracy. Very different from the SMG. The SMG had firing modes. We had three different SMGs. We had fucking light machine guns. We had uh, fucking carbine. It was just fucking nuts. I mean, over the, and so that was like the most fun was combining all of, you know, between 70 different properties and my imagination and mapping out, well, what would that, okay, so, you know, blah, you would make a new weapon and you'd test it and you would test it and you would test it and tweak it and test it and tweak it and test it. And then you'd finally just grab someone from the server and you'd be like, here's a teleportation invite. And you throw down, actually, eventually I just had a fucking alias that would just put shit in other people's inventories. But I would bring them to a place where they could not leave with the stuff that I gave them. Uh, cause like you didn't want like a mythical fucking gun. Joe Baca ended up with the most powerful armor. It was game breaking armor. It was like only for me. I accidentally gave him a set and I forgot to reclaim it from him because I could also pull things out of other people. Anyway. And he, he, it took him 10 years to tell me that. By the way, he told me that like fucking four years ago. He's 25 now. He's like, er, no, he's, uh, yeah, he's, like, he's got to be like 25 now. Anyway, the fun thing was making all these guns and stuff, but it was a lot of programming and a lot of YAML, which I won't go into. I won't explain my why YAML is the worst fucking data format ever. And especially the worst thing ever to happen to scripting ever. I will not go into that. So survivors, these survivors games, yeah, we'll be we'll be here till Christmas, Ivor. These survivors games, which generally, for the most part, three out of the four that we have here do not even have a fire button. You just basically run around trying not to touch enemies who are swarming all over you in a two-dimensional top-down, um generally low-fi you know, uh, sprite pixel slash pixel trash kind of environment. They're not great lookers. I'm not much to look at. I'm not much to see. I'm glad to be living. I'm just lucky to be. Uh, this simplicity. So you auto fire all your stuff. Generally, you have like a limited number of weapon slots. And as you kill bosses in some, you get a random new weapon, or you can choose from a random series of weapons, normally one, you know, no more than like five in any of these games. Um, And as you accrue experience points, you get, as you level up, the game also has a time limit. Uh, One of them is 30 minutes, Another one is 20 minutes. Another one of them is 15 minutes. Another one is unlimited by time, but uh, gets so difficult that eventually there's no way out. Um, but as you accrue these experience points, you get to choose either skills or which weapon to upgrade. And it's the complex confluence of those things. And then there's generally for all four of these yeah, actually, I, except for one, I, I think. Oh, no, even that one does have. The, <coughs> the, 
there are a limited number of auxiliary slots that are like modifiers, but they're all framed in the form of equipment, more or less. So like, you know, you, and you can upgrade those as well. And you can create very complicated synergistic effects. So survivors reminds me of, of the, those fucking wondrous days on IHC. But in an intense setting, like really an intense setting where I don't do any programming or anything. And once you learn the skills in these games, like, you know, like really, cause there's no linear skill tree and a, there's only like, you know, once you know what the game, what you can do with the game, once you understand like all of the different skills that, you know, and upgrades and stuff, it's only like 10% luck. It's 10% luck, 10% grinding, and then 80% strategy. But even in Vampire Survivors, which has no fire button, you have no control over what you fire. Your character just fires everything automatically in, in endless cycles. And as you get more weapons, you know, Blonde, you can shorten the cooldown between the use of all of them, but you have no control over it. So it's literally like you're just using the left stick on a gamepad. That game is, I've logged over 110 hours in that game. So, it because the whole, the whole survivor's genre is actually like a, um, a palette, like a chef's palette. I mean, you know what you need, and especially once you know, like, uh, the waves that are going to come at you. And once you know the the difficulty of the enemies, the way that they're going to attack you, and this is true for all the games, um, you know what you you know what you want, you know what you need, and most to you know really reach the end because like normally all but one of these are time limited. Um, you know what you need, but you also know what you need in terms of X or Y out of five things that you need right now to continue your run. And they're low-pressure games. Like, it's it's just gonna sound so stupid, but they're low-pressure, but high-intensity. They're awesome, and they're brainless, roguelikes that just, like, encourage endless experimentation to find the best synergies between the weapons that you like, and you have to learn everything about every weapon, and then learn what they're like with every other modifier and everything else so you can, it's almost like faster than light in a lot of, in a lot of ways, but way stupider well, not stupider, but way simpler and more intense and more compact um, and so the, the best of these games become like labs of destruction like what because, like, you can get synergistic effects that are intentional, that unlock other upgrades, like secret upgrades and shit, which in turn can also be upgraded. But even more than that, the best part of these games is figuring out in the moment what works for you and your current approach and what you need right now and what you're, what you know you're going to need later. Um, so it's like an iterative, it's just, it, it, it's a combined, it's a, it, what was I saying? Labs of destruction is a good line. Labs of destruction, it's like, we're, everything combines, like the combined effects of your skills, uh, 
your and your your knowledge of the enemies and and your knowledge of like the upgrades and weapons it makes you like what I say before it makes you into chef and you can create recipes that are catastrophic death on the fly out of you know random you only have like you know generally five things every time you level up between which you can pick from uh and the hordes are endless and they are monstrous and they are constantly crowding you whether you can actually actively fire at them or whether you're just like running around and you know the the cooldown timers are running uh whether they're explicit or implicit um and auto firing with auto targeting on everything which is our first game we'll talk about that when we conclude with this interminable fucking introduction um you're always thinking you're always thinking and it's it's also all getting a constant endorphin like fucking sugar rush pleasure of uh raking in the sweet 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 xp drops and formulating a strategy depending on your needs depending on the game, depending on your needs Tolstoy Tolstoyian I've never heard that word before and for probably for a good reason, as Tolstoy would say each according to his own abilities each according to his own needs his or her, him or her or whatever you get this constant enjoyment of gathering up tons of little things that you know, blah and so these games rely on iteration, just like all roguelikes, iteration, learning enemy types, uh, knowledge of perks, and 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 discovering uh, different combinations of stuff, and, and really knowing what they do in concert, even if it's not like a big fucking effect, you can do things in these games that make you fucking invincible without getting to any of like the stuff that is like you know, crazy like, you know, crazy specific combinations that that unlock when you have like, you know, two different things that you know, can work together and they can form a synergy, you know, blah, blah it's not even about that, that stuff is great, but it's really about being constantly, like every 20, 30 seconds, 40 seconds-ish, figuring out how, how am I going to get the most XP how am I going to stay alive and what do I need to do to prepare my character to continue this run? Because I know that in, you know, like let's say in five minutes, there's going to be this type of boss or there will be a boss or, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I, I'm going to need to be able to move faster. And so all that shit's key, but the core mechanics like pickup range, movement speed, the weapon types and enemy, you know, enemy types, etc. All of it informs like a kind of zen-like strategic element that's simple enough even for me when I'm stoned and so enjoyable, whether I'm sober or stoned or drunk or whatever. It's very low on skill, but it's actually really intense, easy, easy strategy that's very rewarding in a graphical way, it's just like a big endorphin thing, and it's a great way to kill an hour, like 
fucking two games of our first game on this list uh, at full length, Vampire Survivors two games will kill an entire hour if you survive both of those games it's a 30 minute run so yeah so I, I disagree with people and I also think that these games offer such a great window into the perfect distillation of what the real core aspects of what a video game actually is from a developmental perspective because none of these are great lookers I mean Vampire Survivors is absolutely gorgeous especially once you get really good at it and you know in a run you unlock you unlock and fully upgrade and then create the synergies for five of your weapons at once and it's just like a fucking fractal carnage death fiesta of just mind-blowing gloriousness but even games like 20 minutes till dawn where there's really only two colors there's three colors in the whole fucking game well four colors I'm counting them all there's black there's dark blue there's white and there is red and that's it that's the entire color palette for that entire fucking game and it skews heavily towards dark black uh (laughs) that's it four colors looks like absolute shit looks like you know I could have made it on my iPad, I could have made all the graphical, I could have made all the sprites on my iPad in like, you know, an hour and a half, maybe. The game is phenomenal, the sprites are fantastic, the gameplay itself is what is core here. So, like, we're talking about, like, basically, like, as close as we've come in the, um the post next generation next generation next generation console era to actually getting back to the core fundamentals of games like Pac-Man which is not my favorite game or Thundercastle which I love um old or Galaga we're talking or Hunt the Wumpus or Yar's Revenge or um it, it, it's the simplest, most pure distillation of pure gameplay that you will lose yourself in. And so, to that end, I say make no apologies if you, like I, love any of these four games. So, let's begin the showcase. I know we'll be here till Christmas! Alright. First off, as mentioned, Vampire Survivors. My first experience with... I don't know if it's the first Survivors game ever made, or what. Because Ivor didn't do the research this week, but Vampire Survivors is fantastic. They keep updating it. It is $3, $2.99. That's the other way we're fighting the world collapsing in on us. All of these games are either really cheap or completely free. So Vampire Survivors was the first game that like really got me, I think really spawned. I know for a fact, no, not for a fact fact, but I know that it took Vampire Survivors, which is a collaborative effort between a bunch of students to make this game, you know, super fast. You have no fire button. It's just you running around and outmaneuvering enemies with incredible array of weapons and upgrades that have incredible uh, synergistic effects on each other. So you know, you're always asking yourself when it's time, when when you get a chance to upgrade, what am I going to upgrade? You always have to think of 
and this is true for all of these games, what do I need now and what will I need later? But what do I need now always takes precedence over what do I need later? Because you have very limited health in all of these games. You can only get hit um, until you're fully upgraded, you know, outside of each individual run, until you've, like, unlocked all the perks and stuff and upgraded those. Which is great, too, because that's a whole other strategic element to it. I want more gold! I want more experience points per fucking XP thing I pick up. You know, blah, 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 blah. But it's like, okay, so what do I need? Do I need... Okay, so you you think about your weapons that you have already equipped, and in Vampire Survivors, you unlock... You, uh get choices same thing with uh, sexy mystic survivors I know, spoiler alert um so you can actually the, the characteristics of the weapon itself really determine what you're trying to use that weapon for and why would you pick that weapon because you need to shore up like either damage per second, you need a big area of effect weapon, you need a weapon that auto-targets, you need a weapon that targets far away, you need a weapon that targets across the screen, you need a weapon that fires quickly, that can kill lots of small things, or you need a weapon that does massive damage, can kill big things like bosses or or uh, uh, heavier type of enemies. All of these things go into every decision that you make and Vampire Survivors, 110 hours, they keep updating it every, almost every week. It only came out like, I mean, we we covered it the week that it came out. It's only been like two months, I think. Something like that. Vampire Survivors, $2.99. We mention it first because it is the game that jumped us into like the whole modern Survivors genre. And it's also, like, by far the best looking, well, it's tied for best looking. So that's Vampire Survivors, which I actually call Vammy Survivors. That's how much I love that game. Up next, oh boy, it's number one contender. It's I mean, this is like head-to-head with Vampire Survivors is 20 Minutes Till Dawn, which I've only played uh, 15 plus-ish hours of over the last four days since I bought it, and I'm doing more work per day right now than I have in many years of doing this podcast. I'm working on so many fucking projects, all of which are all fucked up. I'm I'm working 20 hour days like literally I slept for two and a half hours last night, more whiskey so in four days me logging 15 fucking hours in a new game and I got fucking I got like on Wednesday (laughs) this game 20 minutes till dawn which is $2.99 as well is a Lovecraftian looking, it's the one that's all black and blue and red and white all over. So a newspaper in a blender with a baby. Um, <laughs> God, that was a horrible joke. I think I even fucked it up too. But anyway, what's black, white, and red all over? Yeah, anyway. Newspaper, blender, and a baby. But it's way, it's way less white. <laughs> 
This is the only game on this list that actually lets you independently aim and fire your weapons. And it's also the only game on this list where you can't upgrade or combine your actual weapons. This is much more like a roguelike, but it is still a hardcore survivor's game. As opposed to Vampire Survivors, by the way, Vampire Survivors comes in two flavors now. There is the 30-minute main run mode. There's also a 15-minute main run mode. And there's a hyper mode that cuts down the time on all of those uh, more or less. I, I haven't played Vampire Survivors this week, so I'm... yeah. I'm not even giving you correct information at this point. I have no idea what I'm talking about. No, okay, so 20 minutes till dawn, though, lets you use the right stick to aim, the left stick to maneuver around, and you uh, you can unlock weapons before you start your run. And there are there are not a lot of different weapons, but you can only have one weapon. There's You start with pistols, you can unlock a shotgun, you can unlock a crossbow, which I have Obvious, I, I, I've chosen to ignore uh, flame cannon, which I have not yet used. Um, dual SMGs, which I hate. Uh, grenade launcher, which can cause self damage and therefore can become unpredictably fucking catastrophically dangerous to yourself as well as the enemies. Uh, and my personal favorite, the Bat Gun, which fires summon Bat Ghosts that self-target and fly around until they hit an enemy enough times and they dissipate and they count as a summons, which is really cool. Because once you start getting into the upgrade tree of 20 minutes till dawn, you will discover a game that I think is kind of the best compromise I mean because some people find vampire survivors to be too pedestrian although those who say that to a last person have never played longer than 10 minutes of it you give vampire survivors 45 minutes of your life it will take the next 30 hours of your week it is that good 20 minutes till dawn is exactly the same but it does require some actual coordination and much more strategy in terms of what you upgrade and when you upgrade it because it's significantly harder in some ways than vampire survivors the movement speed plays a crucial role in 20 minutes till dawn as does pickup range you know the range at which you know the experience you know, nuggets that get dropped by every enemy that you kill can be picked up from which, across all these games, except for one, the other characteristic of a survivor game is that you can kill like a thousand enemies while you're running away from them, or whatever but all of those experience things are many screens away they last forever until you pick them up or until the run ends or until you die same thing is true in 20 minutes till dawn but getting to where they are is much more important than it has a heavier it's 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 great because it has 
it incorporates at, to maximum effect all of the elements that a developer could use to make a game out of it. So, like when you when you when you uh, select a perk that you know actually gives you plus seven percent movement speed per rank every time you pick up an experience dot for one second that becomes enormously important to know that you have that and to understand how to use that and how to and what other things you're going to select during your build it's like it becomes more like chess but you also have the ability to aim and fire and reload your weapon independently it's the only game on this list that does that so I think that for those who think Vampire Survivors is too pedestrian and who've already given it at least an hour to 90 minutes, by the way, everyone who's given it over 45 minutes, it consumes them. It did to me. First time I played Vampire Survivors, I didn't realize that fucking four hours had gone by until I blinked and tears ran down my face underneath my glasses. <laughs> Because I hadn't blinked in so long. These games are great. They will just suck the time away. And total escapism. 20 minutes till dawn is $2.99. Now, we have two other games. One is a free demo. These games are not expensive. Oh, wait. Yeah, okay, so I have... I have I'm sorry, I'm sorry. We have a list. Vampire Survivors, 20 minutes till dawn. This is the least good game on our list. I'm going to spoiler alert you right now. This game does not win our fucking challenge. But it is a top-down space shooter where you have no control over your weapon systems other than the aforementioned game mechanics. Um, So it's really, you know, dodging and then figuring out the cooldown timing and what you want to upgrade and how you want to upgrade. And there are other weapon systems that like actually put down auto-targeting um, stuff, but it's really just avoiding asteroids and avoiding collision with other with the with the enemy hordes as they come at you. But this is a top-down scrolling space shooter. It's called Gunlocked. G-U-N-L-O-C-K-E-D. It's $3.99. It is by far the least good game on this list. And finally, I told you there was going to be a free game. If you like porn, and I love porn, I'm a big fan of vagina. I like vagina even more than porn. (sighs) I don't even remember what a vagina looks like. Oh, but I can dream again, can I? It's been fucking seven years since I've gotten laid. I got last got laid in the Carter administration. This game is not available in a complete form yet, but it is available as a free demo, which has no porn inside of it, but in July, when that's their roadmap, they're going to do a full release of it in July, and believe you me, I will buy it. It is called Sexy Mystic Survivors, which is a fucking hyper-glossy, very pretty, top-down, very, very pretty, anime-style, fairy porno game. There's no porno in the demo, though. Uh, and so you can get used to the mechanics and stuff, and it's very much like Vampire Survivors, but with fancier graphics in pseudo-3D with anime sex scenes, I've only seen one screenshot of a sex scene, uh, and that was on their store page. There's no sex in the game, but 
they if you take enough damage, you go, ah! And it shows a close-up of your highly animated anime giant-titted fucking fairy chick as she's you know, suffering damage. Um, nothing explicit in there. They have a game that is not meant to be sexy, not meant to be porn, but I have not played that game because I could not care less. And to me, the idea of a porn game, a por- pornographic video game, I do not think that any developers, even the ones you've made, re- we're, we're coming up on our, <laughs> no pun intended, we're coming up next week, or the week after, you know, the week after is July 4th, we're coming up on our annual porno roundup, and I, my god, have I done some research. Um, our latest crop of porno, we, I found the most of fucking out of control pornographic video game I've ever, but anyway, I still think that most developers have never considered the fact that, like, oh yeah, let's make a game where you have to have both hands on the control, what? What? Why? Why, God? You know, it's like the whole Sex and Gun 2 VR game review. That was <laughs> classic. I did fuck a chick while I made her play that game, though, so that was good. But that... Hey, no, excuse me. I, we, we've we've descended into the hoary underworld of pornography that basically is the bedrock of my actual personality and <laughs> and what's left of my shattered humanity but sexy mystic survivors it's free no porn in it but one of the cool things about sexy mystic survivors is that you can play the game with one hand there's no porn in it yet but hopefully they will add a lot of porn the game itself though is really good and it's free so I told you, four will enter. We'll find out who will win, and my final verdict is, the winner is who the fuck cares? The only game on this list that you should not buy is Gunlocked. Gunlocked, I haven't given as much time to as the other ones because it doesn't have any controller support, and I'm not allowed to play mouse games because of my carpal tunnel. Um... And the fact that I'm like working 20 hours a day fucking coding goddamn again. So, and Gunlock's also the most expensive game on this list. My picks from this list are all of the other three. They are all absolutely worth playing. If I had to rank them, I would say 20 Minutes Till Dawn is probably my favorite because it does have a more of an active shooter thing, you do have to figure out when you're going to reload, you have to figure out those types of mechanics as a different structure than the other games, but the purest survivor out of here is Vampire Survivors both of those games are $3 each, and Sexy Mystic Survivors is just like Vampire Survivors but it's shorter, it's only 15 minutes long per run I have logged I'll leave you with this Sexy, sexy Mystic Survivors demo. I played 11 hours of ses- Sexy Mystic Survivors the demo. That's without porn. So, 
20 minutes till dawn, vampire survivors, sexy mystic survivors, and gunlocked. If, you know, you have uh, four bucks that you want to just like, you know, blah. It's my least favorite. I think it's the least engaging. I think it's the, but it's also the most daring and experimental because we got like vampire Castlevania top down action. Same thing with 20 minutes till dawn, but with an active. Uh, aiming component and you can control when you fire and reload and then you have Sexy Mystic Survivors which is like the super ultra glossy version of Vampire Survivors uh, and then you have Gunlock which is set in outer space in a top down vertical scrolling space shooter that concludes our Survivors Showdown Spectacular. Next week, we will talk about Red Out 2, which I absolutely am not enjoying. Uh, and a bunch of other games, including American Theft 80s and Chivalry 2, which does not run on Linux. Do not buy it. And I'm experiencing problems getting it returned. And a bunch of other games, all this and more. Happy Father's Day weekend. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Four or five times A good idea Four or five times Hi there There is delight in doing things right Four or five times It is I, E.B. Farnham Maybe I'll cry I'll get you a drink And if I die, I'm gonna cry Four or five times Do you like to play? We like to play I like you. We like to sing. It only runs on Linux. We like to go. Yaddy yaddy yo. Four or five times. We're gonna have such fun. Bebop one. You're becoming hysterical. Bebop two. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Bebop three. Yaddy yaddy. Four or five times. Matt Damon. Burn everything incriminating, including this building. Burn all the White House pets, and then yourselves. Burn yourselves first. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux. It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farnham. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there. I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.